Look Forward, issue 145, December 2012. Published by RP Fighting Blindness, registered charity number 271729. Your readers are Serena Aldous, Paul Netherton, Sylvia Piddington, and Jeff Strutt. The Gene Team Appeal, £35,000, raised to support gene therapy research. Thanks to you, our very generous members and supporters, we have already reached the £35,000 target to fund Professor Robin Alley's work for 2012, so the team now has resources to prepare for clinical trials next year. This means we're one step closer to preparing these gene therapies for clinical trials on real patients like Toby in the picture above. The story continues on track 11. Inside, stem cell research from Southampton, track 4. Big Lottery Fund, track 6. Neurotech Clinical Study Results, track 7. Carol Holmes Helpline Update, track 8. Run for Team RP on track 9. Ways of Seeing by Annalisa Dinella on track 10. The Gene Team Appeal on track 11. Stars of Our Community, track 12. Track 2. News. Letter from the Chief Executive, David Head, MBA. Welcome to your December Look Forward magazine. Regular readers will have heard my mantra, change is the only constant. And as we head into 2013, this period is no different. Julie Child, our senior fundraiser, has left us on maternity leave, and I know you will all join me in wishing her well. We are joined temporarily by Hannah Hickman. Hannah has several years' experience in the charity fundraising world, including working for Tommy's and the Red Cross. We are also now recruiting for someone to coordinate our helpline and befriending volunteers. This follows the stepping down of Carol Holmes, who has been doing this for us for many years on a voluntary basis. Sophie Montgomery, one of our trustees, has stepped down after 12 years' service, and I would like to express my thanks to her on behalf of the charity. Sophie now becomes our first RPFB ambassador, a role which we will develop next year. Many of you will have read about our appeal intended to support Professor Robin Alley's gene therapy work at UCL Institute of Ophthalmology. The gene team is a fantastic way of focusing attention and hopefully financial support on this important line of work. As we go to press, the appeal has already generated £35,000. More about this on track 11. Research news this quarter includes updates on Neurotech's work retinal implants, the big lottery project, a project call for next year and more. As ever, thank you for your support and I wish you all the very best for Christmas. David. RP Fighting Blindness funds medical research into retinitis pigmentosa and also offers a range of information and support services to patients and their families. P.O. Box 350, Buckingham, MK18, 1, G for George, Z. Email info at rpfightingblindness.org.uk Telephone 01280 821 334 And remember, 
the RP helpline 0845 123 2354. Track 3. Research. Second Sight Milestone for People with RP. Second Sight, the American company that developed the Argus II retinal implant, claimed an important milestone last month when a patient with RP was implanted with the device to become the company's 50th patient. Surgeon Professor Stanislaw Rizzo, who carried out the surgery in Italy, said he was very proud to have performed the milestone 50th implant. The company's Argus II system employs electronic chip to bypass defunct photoreceptor cells and stimulate remaining viable retinal cells to induce visual perception in blind individuals. Professor Rizzo added, The results we have seen to date have gone way beyond any expectation that I had. Patients that previously had practically no residual vision can now distinguish shapes, move around and eat more independently. This has an enormous emotional and functional impact on their quality of life. Second Sight gained European approval, CE mark, for the Argus II system in 2011 and have since been striving to make the device available in several countries. This September, a US Food and Drug Administration FDA Ophthalmic Devices Advisory Panel unanimously voted, 19 to none, to recommend FDA approval, which is now pending. An application has also been submitted to the UK's NICE for the device to be funded by the NHS for a small number of patients. Readers should note that RP Fighting Blindness does not have any links with Second Sight and they are one of a number of companies around the world working on the development of retinal chips. Other devices are in clinical trials and, although the technology is advancing all the time, at present the perception generated by retinal implants is generally very basic. Track 4. New source for stem cells may help save sight. Scientists have discovered specific cells in the eye that could lead to a new procedure to treat and cure blinding eye conditions, including retinitis pigmentosa. Professor Andrew Lotary and his team at Southampton University have found that cells called corneal limbal stromal cells, taken from the cornea, the front transparent surface of the eye, have stem cell properties and could be cultured to create new retinal cells. They believe that this could lead to new treatments for eye conditions such as retinitis pigmentosa and macular degeneration. The paper published in the British Journal for Ophthalmology suggests that using corneal limbus cells would be beneficial in humans as it would avoid complications with rejection or contamination because the cells taken from the eye could be returned to the same patient. Professor Lotary, who is also a consultant ophthalmologist at Southampton General Hospital, described the discovery as an important step for our research into the prevention and treatment of eye conditions and blindness. However, he did add a caution that the work is at an early stage and that more research is needed to develop this approach before it is used in patients. He went on to say, we were able to characterise the corneal limbal stromal cells found on the front surface of the eye and identify the precise layer in the cornea that they came from. We were then successful in culturing them in a dish to take on some of the properties of retinal cells. We are now investigating whether these cells could be taken from the front of the eye 
and be used to replace diseased cells in the back of the eye in the retina. If successful, this would open up new and efficient ways of treating people who have blinding eye conditions. This is a promising discovery as the corneal limbus is one of the most accessible regions of the human eye and it represents 90% of the thickness of the front eye wall. Therefore, cells could be easily obtained from this area with little risk to the patient's eye and sight. The use of stem cells from sources other than human embryos also has the advantage of overcoming some of the perceived ethical issues surrounding stem cell therapy as a treatment for RP. RP Fighting Blindness is currently supporting Professor Lotary on another project which is due to end and report in the first half of 2013. Track 5 New applications in a project call Heading into the new year, RP Fighting Blindness trustees will have to consider two new project grant applications at their meeting in January for funding totalling some £400,000 over three years. David Head, Chief Executive, said, With a significant gift and legacy income last year, we head into 2013 with the ability to fund some exciting new work so we will be encouraging research teams across the country to think about how they can progress RP work and what we can do to help. The charity is also launching a call for projects that may merit the RP Innovation Award, a £150,000 project grant made over three years. This money is being made available to a project that takes an innovative approach to tackling RP and that will bring together scientists from different disciplines geneticists and microbiologists, for example, to collaborate. Details of the call have been sent to institutions across the UK and published on our website. Track 6 Lottery-funded project ends. A 40-month-long RP Fighting Blindness Research project funded by the Big Lottery Fund came to an end last month. In a final report, the charity was able to highlight success in identifying potential pharmacological therapies for Rhodopsin RP. The project was funded by a grant of £250,000 from the lottery, agreed back in 2008. The intention was to test the effects of various candidate drugs in mice and rats affected by RP and establish whether it was possible to slow down the rate of retinal degeneration. In a new application, to further the work, Professor Michael Cheatham, who led the investigation, reports, through the previous support of RPFBGR544, we developed an in vitro assay to test drugs to combat the adverse consequences of this rhodopsin misfolding. Some of the most promising of these drugs were then tested in animal models of rhodopsin RP, with the support of the Big Lottery Fund and RPFB-GR563. Importantly, we have shown that one of these compounds can delay photoreceptor degeneration and lead to improvements in photoreceptor function. This is a significant point and a key outcome. The purpose of the grant was to progress research into a currently incurable condition, and this last sentence demonstrates this well. If this work can be translated to humans, delaying photoreceptor degeneration would mean that a patient's sight 
could be preserved or sight loss at least delayed. David Head, chief executive, said, The grant from the lottery has been really important in facilitating this project. It was our largest agreed contribution ever from another organisation at the time. The project also included a stakeholder liaison group, a group of patients that met regularly with the research team during the project. Track 7 Neurotech announced results of clinical study. In a further announcement from Neurotech, the US company have provided results from their clinical study of encapsulated cell technology, ECT, to deliver growth factors to the retina. The concept is to provide the retina, over a period of years, with chemicals needed to slow down degeneration of photoreceptor cells and thus prevent or delay sight loss in RP patients. The ECT being tested consists of a small device inserted into the eye which is designed to release the growth factors over two years. More details of the technology, including video explaining how it works and the surgery involved, has been published at www.tinyurl.com forward slash cell 200 and the 200 is in figures. The purpose of the recent study was to evaluate the pharmacokinetics of ciliary neurotrophic factor, CNTF, delivered over a period of up to two years by ECT implant in patients with retinitis pigmentosa and geographic atrophy. Patients received an implant designated as NT501 in one eye, which were then removed from various patients after 6, 12, 18 and 24 months. A small sample of vitreous was also collected at the time of removal for analysis. Neurotech claimed that the NT501 implants produced CNTF consistently over a two-year period, with levels statistically equivalent between the 6- and 24-month implant period. The study has demonstrated that the intraocular ECT implant has a favourable pharmacokinetic profile for the treatment of chronic retinal degenerative diseases without systemic exposure. The technology was also presented at the recent Retina International Congress in Hamburg, where Neurotech's Professor Wang Tao reported on a number of Phase 1 and Phase 2 clinical trials for the growth factor CNTF. Some commentators believe this has the potential to become the first commercially available treatment of RRP other than retinal chips. Track 8 News Carol Holmes As many of our readers may be aware, since our last newsletter, Carol Holmes has stepped down from running our RP helpline. Carol has looked after the helpline for RP fighting blindness for several years and her help has been invaluable. We could not have done what we have done over the years without her. Carol will remain a helpliner and befriender and the helpline's management is now temporarily in the very capable hands of Christine Medway. Exceptional volunteers like Carol give their energy, skills, time and experience to the RP helpline, ensuring it is an amazing resource for people with RP and their families.
The helpliners listen to callers and answer questions with knowledge and honesty, reassuring those who are struggling or feel they have nowhere else to turn. The helpline team have literally changed lives, and we thank each and every one of them. Carol, we sincerely thank you for all you have done for us. For information and support, Call the RP helpline on 0845-123-2354 or email helpline, all one word, at rpfightingblindness, all one word, dot org dot uk. Articles for the Blind Apology We'd like to apologise on behalf of Royal Mail to anyone who had to pay a postal surcharge when they received the autumn look forward. We have spoken to the CEO of Royal Mail and been reassured that this will not happen again as they have implemented a new system to ensure all articles for the blind post from us is marked as compliant. Please do let us know if you have any problems with AFB post from RP Fighting Blindness. Track 9 Events Run for RP Fighting Blindness We need people to join our running teams for amazing races, including the Bupa London 10K, Virgin London Marathon, New York Marathon and Silverstone Half Marathon. If you run for us, you will be making a difference by raising much-needed funds for continued research into finding a cure for RP. Registrations are open for all of the above races. Whether you're up for a 26.2-mile marathon, a half marathon, or a shorter 6.2-mile 10K, please contact Michelle on 01280 821 334 for further information or email Michelle at rpfightingblindness.org.uk Marathon Girl 18-year-old Jill Hendry, who has RP, signed up to run the New York Marathon for us. But unfortunately, the event was cancelled last minute following the devastation caused by Hurricane Sandy. Jill and our other runners were already in New York when the event was called off, but many of the 10,000 runners took part in an unofficial marathon around Central Park instead. Jill and her guide Elaine completed their race in just under six hours, an amazing achievement considering their roller coaster trip. Our trio of New York runners, Kieran Ivers, Jill and Elaine, raised over £15,500 for us. Thank you all. And we have a picture of Jill and her guide, Elaine. Easy Fundraising An easy way to raise funds for RP Fighting Blindness, which doesn't involve putting your trainers on, is to sign up to the Easy Fundraising website. Registering means that when you make a purchase online, they'll donate a percentage to us, at no extra cost to yourself. Please see their website, www.easyfundraising, all as one word, .org 
www.ghanaan.org.uk for more information. Track 10 Features Ways of Seeing When Annalisa Dinella started losing her sight as a teenager, she did all she could to hide her disability. It's only now that she's learning to take pride in being different. Being different is bad. It's a lesson most of us learn in the playground. Mercifully for society, it's a lesson most of us go on to unlearn. But for some miserable unfortunates, it sticks around. And for me, it did more than stick. It got swallowed. It became physically part of me, like a filter, a lens through which I see the world. When I was seven, my family moved to Tokyo. Mum enrolled me in ballet class. We arrived at the dance studio to discover that none of the Japanese kids had ever seen a blonde girl before. I still have visions of that hall of mirrors, those armies of identical giggling ballerinas. When I was twelve, my family moved to Sydney. On my first day at school, the teacher asked me to stand in front of the class and tell them where I was from, so I did. Then she repeated my every word in a mock English accent. If I had to pinpoint the exact moment I learned my lesson, I'd say that was it. It was while living in Sydney that Mum began to notice I was having trouble seeing. I was always bumping into things, overhanging branches, toys left on the floor. Initially, she found it funny. But after our first appointment with the ophthalmologist, she stopped laughing. I was diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa. It is a genetic disease that affects the parts of the eye that deal with peripheral vision, night vision and light adjustment. There is no way of knowing how quickly the condition degenerates into blindness. Some lose their sight before they turn 20, and some retain a small window of vision throughout their life. I was referred to a psychologist to help me digest the information and advised not to take my driving test. I was also advised to learn how to use a white cane. In typical teenage fashion, I told the psychologist where to stick it and reacted to the idea of a cane with such fury that my parents never dared raise the subject again. I would, quite honestly, have rather died than take a cane to school. Thankfully, I never had to. In fact, I didn't have to tell anybody unless I chose to do so. My strategy of denial worked wonders though I was terrible at netball. And most of the time, I forgot I had a problem at all, until I bumped into something, and then it would be a battle to hold back the tears. I confided in my close friends, and they took my arm as we strutted around King's Cross on Saturday nights with our fake IDs. They led me into darkened pubs. They even helped me assess boys on dance floors using, as I recall the terms, heart, semi-heart and feral bush pig. The enthusiasm 
with which these girls adapted to my strange disability was touching and baffling. I never really understood why they didn't just leave me at home. But this happy arrangement was short-lived. I moved back to England for university and reverted to outright denial. I walked slowly and appeared vague. Fellow students thought I was permanently stoned, which was fine by me. When I moved to London and began a career in television documentaries, I did everything I could to appear normal. Occasionally, I'd miss a handshake and have no idea how to deal with it. It was the most stressful time of my life. Today, age 34, I have very little sight. While the average visual field spans 160 degrees, mine spans 4 degrees. I am registered blind with my local council. I know this sounds shocking, but it isn't. I function pretty normally. I move my eyes around and get as much of the picture as I need. I've never been happier. I have a wonderful husband, a gorgeous two-year-old daughter, and I love my work as a writer. The fact I bump into things a lot is very low on my list of worries. I still don't use a white cane. I'm not proud of this fact. I really ought to. I own one. It sometimes lives folded up in my handbag. I took it out for a spin the other day. I'd been inspired by comedian Adam Hills joking about the Paralympics on Channel 4. I went back to Sydney recently. My friend Jane noticed my tinted glasses on an overcast day. Are you wearing your sunnies cause your future's so bright, she quipped. Later, as we dined in Bondi, we were gossiping about a girl at school we had both admired. She had something special. She had what you had, said Jane. What's that? I was taken by surprise. I don't know, says Jane. She was from outside. She was different. Why do you think being different is bad? asked Seema, a therapist who is helping me use my cane. Some people love to be different. This makes me think of my dad. When I was young, he would hold my hand and skip down the street singing his native Italian. Mortified, I would beg him to stop. For a girl who is so intelligent, he would exclaim as I wriggled from his grasp, you are emotionally stupid. Then I think of my tiny daughter. One rainy day, we were in a charity shop when she persuaded me to buy her a glittery snorkel mask. Later, as we walked through the downpour, she held her umbrella and wore that mask with such beautiful beaming pride that several strangers stopped to smile. Seema explains that when we are young, the lessons we learn can be embedded in our subconscious. They become almost physically part of us. Those feelings are deep and hard to shake. Hard, but not impossible. Being different isn't bad, she says gently as we end our session. Being different is a gift. It is something to be cherished. Annalisa Dinella 
is a writer for film, TV and radio. This article was reproduced with kind permission of the independent newspaper and there is a lovely photo of Annalisa with her young daughter. Track 11 Research The Gene Team Appeal Helping to Find a Cure You've donated in your hundreds to our Gene Team Appeal and we'd like to thank you all. Decades of laboratory tests have proven that gene therapy has the potential to treat blindness. For this potential to be realised, however, lab tests must be developed and made safe. The £35,000 that you have donated so far will help the gene team prepare their five-year programme of research for clinical trials on real people. People like 11-year-old Toby. Toby was diagnosed with RP at Great Ormond Street just after his second birthday and his family have worked tirelessly to contribute to our research fund. One day, we hope, Professor Ali and his team will find a cure to save Toby's sight. One day, we hope to find a cure for everyone with RP. Professor Robin Alley and his team will help us to keep our website updated with news and research opportunities as they happen and we'll have some interesting video clips appearing online in the next couple of weeks. The Gene team will be recruiting for patients who meet specific criteria and information will appear on our website in due course. 2013 will hopefully be a very busy year for the Gene team and you can keep up to date with the latest news or make a donation by visiting www.thegeneteam spelt T-H-E-G-E-N-E-T-E-A-M dot org dot UK Track 12 Fundraising Stars of our community This issue, we'd like to highlight some people who have done amazing things to support our charity. With so many events, Challenges and fundraising endeavours taking place all over the country for RP fighting blindness. It is difficult to feature everyone. But a special mention must go to Claire Booth, who trekked to Everest Base Camp in October. The huge challenge of 5,364 metres up Everest were not enough of a feat for Claire. She joined a few others in an optional climb up Kala Patar as well. 5,545 metres climbed and over £4,000 raised for our charity. An amazing achievement. In September, we had 15 people take part in the Carrots Night Walk, See London in the Dark 2012, which was a joint initiative with Fight for Sight to raise the £7,500 needed to fund an RP research grant. Team Carrots raised the full amount and had a fun evening too. Everyone got into the spirit of the event. Congratulations to Samantha Franklin, Sandy Houting, Rebecca Ford, Sarah Thompson, Anne York, Mariella Reiner and Abigail Sullivan, who took part in the Thames Path Challenge in September, raising over £3,000 for us. Success on this challenge requires good preparation, the ability to dig deep and to absorb the camaraderie to get you to that finish line. Have you got what it takes? Would you like to take part for RP Fighting Blindness? To register, visit our website.
Without people who give their time and energy to raise funds, we wouldn't be able to continue. Your support is invaluable to us, and we thank you all. Track 13 News The Power of Dance When Brazil's Ballet School for the Blind performed at the closing ceremony of the Paralympic Games, writer Kat Lister looked on in awe. If you thought blind ballet was a new concept, think again. I will be the first to plead ignorance until I spoke to RPFB and was forwarded to the Royal Opera House. Monday Moves is a weekly dance class for blind and partially sighted adults taught by Royal Ballet soloist David Pickering. The aim may seem revolutionary, but lessons have been going on at the Royal Opera House since 1988. Our understanding of ballet is so intrinsically connected with sight that the concept of a blind ballet class is something I wanted to understand. Dance is challenging enough when granted all of your senses. How does one dance blind? And what does it feel like to defy those visual limitations? I spoke to Royal Ballet Education Manager Claire Thurman to find out more. The class of 20 experienced dancing to live piano accompaniment for class, just like the Royal Ballet. It may seem like a simplistic question, but what do dancers gain from the experience? Claire explains, the group have developed their performance skills, confidence, strength, balance, agility and flexibility. But what about the dancers themselves? I spoke to Joanne, who has RP, and attended her first class only a few weeks ago. Joanne explains, I have only a small bit of central vision in one eye. I had never been to the Royal Opera House before and was nervous and excited. The teacher was excellent and the hall was bright and spacious. I did not feel nervous about bumping into people. The freedom to move without anxiety is something to be treasured and classes like this grant participants the confidence in which to move freely. If you're interested in finding out more, please email education at roh.org.uk or call 0207 212 9410. Track 14 Outreach Update Sue Drew the charity's outreach officer gives an update on what's been happening over the last quarter. As Christmas approaches and 2012 draws to an end, our outreach work continues to be extremely busy, varied and far-reaching. It is impossible to include every aspect of our work in the limited space provided by a magazine, so if you have any questions or wish to raise specific issues, please feel free to contact me directly. I will be happy to discuss anything with you. In September, I was asked to speak at the Breaking Bad News workshop held at Moorfields Eye Hospital in London. This training workshop is for nurse counsellors, those working in the eye clinic, genetic counsellors and other staff involving Breaking Bad News to patients.
My role during the training was to talk to staff about the impact of a diagnosis of RP, including the feelings and practical issues involved. This type of training is designed to improve care, understanding and support for patients and we are very happy to be able to play a role in the development of improvements in this extremely important area of patient care. In October, I attended Site Village York, which was held in conjunction with Visionaries Eye Clinic Liaison Officers Conference. This event allows us not only to reach the professionals who work in hospital eye departments, but also to connect with the general public and raise awareness of RP. I was also invited to attend the Talking Newspapers Federation's TNF annual conference in October. For those of you who do not know, TNF is an umbrella organisation that represents the interests of local talking newspapers, TNs, in the UK. It was formed to provide information, guidance and help to local talking newspapers across the UK. To help TNs provide a comprehensive local news service to blind and partially sighted people to provide people with information and contact details. If you would like to find out more about talking newspapers in your area, visit www.tnf.org.uk or telephone 01793 497 555. I attended the Kent Association for the Blind Sight Matters 2012 day in October, held in Tunbridge in conjunction with Guide Dogs. There is currently no RP group in Kent, but there does seem to be an increasing need for information in the county and a concern that support services for those with RP may be lacking. If you live in Kent, and would be interested in joining a group in the future, please do contact me here at head office to discuss. As I write this article, I am sitting at my desk in the office in Buckingham on a lovely sunny autumn day. So, although it seems very early, may I be among the first to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a prosperous 2013. Track 15 Rag Weekend 2013 The Retinal Awareness Group, RAG, is holding its annual Blackpool Weekend from Friday the 12th of April 2013 and we are delighted to invite you all. This year, Professor Alison Hardcastle from UCL will talk about her work and there will be information from guide dogs and many others. This is a great opportunity to meet other people living with RP. We have exclusive use of the hotel, which has accessible rooms. Staff are experienced in helping visually and hearing impaired guests and presentations will be amplified with a loop system. There will also be quizzes and entertainment. The cost of the weekend starts from £145, which includes dinner, bed and breakfast, plus lunch on Sunday and plenty of tea and coffee. For more information, please call Carol Holmes on 01253 404194 
or Beryl on 01244 680 or visit our website. Track 16 Branches Scotland East Branch by Jim McLean At our final 2012 meeting, which had a huge turnout, we had our former chair Ken Reid and his Olympic torch. What a thing of beauty and mystique. Ken had us enthralled with his tale of how the selection process went on and his continuing disbelief as he was selected as a runner. He told us he has never been so chuffed. I could only say it was a fit and proper choice as he does so many things for blind and partially sighted folk. The torch itself was passed around all so we could handle it. Fantastic to hold a part of the London Olympics. It almost, but not quite, made me want to get my trainers out. Branch fundraising right now is simply brilliant, with people from Aberdeen to Annan and many places in between doing amazing things. The Hendry family from Carron continue to do wonders, track nine. And Mary Findlay from Dundee sent me pictures from the fresh and low cycle run from Glasgow to Edinburgh her cousin Sally and Uncle Ben Cassidy completed in September. Between them, they raised over £5,000 Mary herself donated her birthday money, the princely sum of £350, and says she is so very proud of both of them. Stevie Cunningham, of Everest Base Camp Trek fame, tells me he and his mate Brian Paul are doing the West Highland Way in June 2013 and has a Just Giving page, www.justgiving.com slash Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, hyphen Cunningham 4, that's the number 4, set up. Great stuff. Watch out for those midges. Essex and Suffolk Group, Steve Carrington. As we draw towards the end of another year, we appear to be moving ever closer to the news we are all striving towards, a cure. Here at Essex and Suffolk, we continue to raise funds towards that important research goal. Back in the summer... Barleylands Farm and Essex County Show donated another £1,000 to RPFB. Thank you to Steve and Julie for their continual help there. In September we had another of our famous Stride for Sight sponsored walks in South End, which raised £1,618. The turnout was down this year, but fingers crossed next year we will be back to our usual level. Well done, Margaret and Ted Newson, for yet another brilliant, well-organised event. Lastly, thank you to all who donated over £400 to RPFB at my late father's funeral. He requested in his will to have no flowers at his funeral, but donations instead to RP Fighting Blindness. This was something that even I was unaware of until after his recent death. Thank you, Dad. God bless, and hopefully this will inspire others to talk to their families and do the same. We hope everyone has a wonderful Christmas and an excellent new year in 2013. Somerset Branch by Tom Graham Somerset member, artist and gallery curator Angela Blackwell was diagnosed with RP last year. Her specific symptoms made the diagnosis quite complicated. As with many of us, not only do we need to come to terms with the situation, but friends and family often feel frustrated at their inability to help. 
two good friends of Angela, Mariella and Abigail, were determined to do something practical and volunteered for the Thames Path Challenge in September. They completed the 50-kilometre course from Putney to Runnymede and raised a stunning £1,500 in sponsorship. Not regular walkers, they put in some hard training on previous weekends, which paid off on the day. To do 37 miles in under 10 hours was an astonishing achievement. This was a heroic effort, and we owe them our admiration and gratitude. Fundraising Isle of Wight Walk to save sight. As well as all our usual fundraising events, next September we're offering a new challenge, a seven-day walk around the Isle of Wight. Starting and finishing at Freshwater Bay House, this walk around the island features varied terrain, a beautiful range of beaches, clifftop walks, shallow creeks and clear rivers, and taking in the Downs' beautiful wildflowers, enchanting villages and picture postcard views. The fundraising target for this challenge is £1,600, and the event promises to be enjoyable and social, whilst raising much-needed funds in the process. For more information, or to sign up, contact Michel on 01280 821 334. RPFB Membership The majority of RP Fighting Blindness members have an annual renewal date of the 1st of January. If this applies to you, it would be really helpful to us and would save the charity postage and administration costs if your membership renewal is paid as soon as possible. We will send reminders out late in January if renewal remains outstanding. If your membership is due on the 1st of January, you can renew it by sending a cheque to the office or online at www.rpfightingblindness or one word .org.uk. Click on Renew My Subscription. If you are not sure if this applies to you, please call the office or email info at rpfightingblindness.org.uk. If you pay by standing order, then no action is needed. Thank you for your ongoing support. Remember, the RP Helpline 0845 123 2354. And this is the end of your Look Forward magazine.